Well, uh, we started last week in a series that's called Advent, and uh, it's dusting off this old word, Advent, and realizing that while there is some overlap between what we call Christmas and what's celebrated as Advent, that, uh, that the two are not synonymous, because in, in addition to, to celebrating the first coming of Christ uh, as a baby in Bethlehem, Advent, along with that, anticipates his return. And so uh, it's this realization that the Christ who came is also coming again. And so Advent gives us the opportunity to fix our focus on, on both of those realities, to see them together. And, and we're going to do that this morning by looking at a story Jesus told about uh, the issue of preparation versus procrastination. Uh, procrastination, as you probably know, is the art of blowing things off to the last possible second. And uh, I can tell you from personal experience that that can lead to many very real problems. You probably can too. But uh, back in college, I remember um, waiting till 10 o'clock the night before that 10-page paper was due to start on it, right? And pulling an all-nighter, printing out that final draft five minutes before class started, handing it in and receiving a grade that reflected my lack of preparation. Um, for some of you, maybe it's like uh, Christmas shopping, right? There are those who prepare way in advance. And so some of you here this morning, maybe you're one of those who you finished all of your Christmas shopping before Thanksgiving Day. The gifts have all been bought, wrapped. They're, they're just waiting. Um, and there's others of us who wait till start our shopping on Christmas Eve. What a great day to start shopping for, for Christmas presents. That's usually the one day of the year when there is, the mall is overrun with men. And we are just like wandering about aimlessly, frantically searching for anything that we can bring home. So uh, wh whether you put the pro in procrastination or not, there are certain things that matter too much to put off. With some things, when you wait, it becomes too late. Uh, for example, physical health maybe is one of those things, like uh, maybe kicking a habit, like smoking. You know, if you stop in time, they say that your lungs can actually heal and repair themselves and, and be rebuilt. But if you wait too long and you develop uh, emphysema or, or lung cancer, you, you may find that it's too late. Uh, the same principle applies to, to, to reconciling a broken relationship. Uh, oftentimes, it seems like I've got all the time in the world to do that. I'm going to punt that far off into the future. But then this moment in time comes where the door closes and that opportunity is no longer available. It no longer exists. And uh, we're going to look at those realities. You know, the first time Jesus came, uh, there were very few advanced preparations made in place. So the, the Messiah was, was carried by, by Mary, this very ordinary, this very obscure Jewish woman. And he wasn't even born at home. She was traveling with Joseph to Bethlehem to register for the Roman census. And they didn't have any birth plan in place. They had to figure the whole thing out as they went. Uh, Luke 2.7 says, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. That's something we, we're all familiar with, right? We see it in the nativity uh, picture, but it's, 
It's kind of like the ultimate ironic detail, right? The long-awaited Messiah is breaking into the world and they can't even find a vacant room for him to be delivered into. Uh, But the reality is the same Jesus who came has also promised to come again. And in Matthew chapter 25, he shares uh, a series of stories to urge us to be ready when he returns. His return is for real, and each and every one of us are either ready or not. And so when it comes to being ready for his return, there's three truths, critical truths, that, uh, that I want to share. The first is that now is not too late. The second is that too late comes too soon. And the third is right now is the right time to be ready. So some of you, if Jesus were to return this afternoon, you know you are not ready. You've procrastinated the issues of eternity. You've you've prioritized other things and you've put off paying attention to to the things of God. And and, and I want to let you know, before we close this morning, I'm going to lead us in a prayer and give you the opportunity to respond and resolve the issues of eternity so you can leave this room this morning and know that you're ready. So now is not too late. Too late comes too soon, and right now is the right time to be ready. If you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 25. It's a, it's a parable that Jesus is telling. It's a, uh, a parable is a, a, a made-up story, a pretend story that teaches a profound truth, and, and it's a story about ten bridesmaids. They were all invited to a wedding, and, and, and all ten of them made plans to, to be and to attend this wedding, and All 10 of them were waiting for the wedding to start, but by the time the story ends, only half of them actually make their way into the wedding celebration. The other half are are outside, locked out, unable to get in. And where each of them were had nothing to do with what they wanted. It had nothing to do with what they expected. It had everything to do with whether they were ready because five prepared and the other five procrastinated. Let's read the story. It says this, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise, for when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridemaids rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So back in Jesus' day, weddings were a pretty big deal. Uh, They still are today, um, and, uh, you know, they're among 
the most joyous occasions in life, right? There's, there's food, there's music, there's celebration. Uh, but back then, they did things just a little bit differently because on the wedding day, uh, they didn't meet at a church. Uh, their custom was for the bride and the bridal party to wait at her home and wait there for the groom to show up. And when he showed up, he would take her by the hand and he would escort her together with the rest of the wedding party and they would parade and make their way back to the family home, to his family home. And then uh, the wedding ceremony would take place there along with this giant party with lots of food and, and celebration. Um, so that's the setting that this parable is told in. And this is a story about these, these 10 bridesmaids and the way they waited for the bridegroom to arrive. Jesus describes five of them as foolish. Um, the reason being is that even though they were waiting and, and they had their lamps, um, which are actually more like torches than lamps, but they didn't bring an extra supply of oil. They, they were waiting, but they weren't ready. The other five Jesus describes as wise, reason being is because they were, they were prepared. Uh, along with their torches, they had oil reserves in their flasks. They were both ready and waiting. And the flasks of oil made all the difference in the world because it says the bridegroom was laid. It says he was delayed. And how's that for a switch, right? It's, it's not the bride who shows up late in this story. It, it's the groom. And he's not just a couple of minutes late. He is like several hours delayed. He's so late that the bridesmaids actually fall asleep while they're waiting for him to show up. Can, can you just imagine that happening today, right? Um, guys, if you're a single guy here, you're planning on getting married sometime in the future, little bit of free advice. Do not show up late for your wedding day. That, that will not go well. That is not the way you want to start day one of the rest of your life with your bride-to-be. Now, she can be late. That's okay. Um, you cannot, I'm just telling you right now, arrive on time. Um, but uh, in this story, uh, the bridesmaids are waiting. They, they fall asleep. And then at the stroke of, in, of midnight, they... They, they get the wake-up call. Wake up, he's here. It's, it's time. The ceremony's about to start. But the problem now is that it's midnight, which means it's dark. The sun's gone down and everything is pitch black and they need to turn the lights on. Um, they've got to light their lamps, but in this time of waiting, they've burned through all the oil. And so the five wise bridesmaids had, had reserves. They had extras. They're good to go, but the foolish ones, it says their torches are out. And now at the very worst possible time, they've got to figure out what to do. This, this, this moment that they've all been waiting for, it's finally arrived, but they aren't ready for it. And now they're, they're, they're dealing with an oil crisis. They don't have enough oil, and they've got to be frantically running around trying to find a solution. And so their first, their first response is to turn to the other bridesmaids, the ones who had the reserves, and they ask, can we take what you've got? Uh, in, in the Greek, the verb is actually, it's in the imperative uh, tense, which means that they're not really asking. It's more like they're, they're telling. Uh, they're, they're directing. Of course, you are going to give us from what you have, right? It's almost like they assume 
that's how this is going to go down. This is what we're expecting is going to happen. And the surprise answer they get in return is a big fat no. That is not an option. Um, lesson from that to learn is beware of preparing your eternity based on assumptions. Of course I'm good to go. Look at, look at the people I hang around with, right? I go to church. I, I, I'm around people who love the things of God. But here's what the story tells us. We are all individually responsible for our own spiritual condition. Uh, we are all individually responsible to be prepared for eternity. So that means getting right with God is not like catching a cold. You don't get it by being in proximity to those who are prepared. You need to be prepared personally. And so here at the very worst possible moment, these, these five bridesmaids are forced to go out shopping, shopping for oil at midnight. How absolutely insane is that, right? And that's the whole point. Because the promenade is about to begin, the singing and the dancing are, are about to start, and here they are, they're in this frenzy. They are scrambling to get their acts together and figure it all out. And what they find out is that they've waited too long, and that now it's just, it's too late. The time to prepare had passed. The rest of the party, they make their way to the wedding banquet, they make their way to the home, and, and then the tragic climax of the story comes next because it says this, the, the door was shut. At the moment the banquet begins, the opportunity to enter in no longer exists. Please understand that there does not exist an unlimited opportunity to get right with God. Salvation is a limited time opportunity. There does come a point when time runs out and that opportunity no longer exists. Just like with so many things uh, in life, there are end dates, right? Like you pay your taxes by April 15th and if you buy an airline ticket, you have to make your way to that airport, to that airline to, to get there on time or the flight leaves without you. Even if you've got Kohl's cash, right? There's an expiration date. Um, you can't use that six months later. And uh, here in the story, eventually, those five bridesmaids, they, they, they get there. They arrive at the destination. They knock on the door. Hey, let's, let us in. They say, Lord, open up to us. And again, that is in the imperative tense. They're, they're not asking they're telling, Lord, open the door. Come on, we're here. They're expecting full well that even though they're late, there is still that opportunity to get in. They fully expect that door is, of course, it's going to open to us. And then listen to what the bridegroom says. He doesn't say, sorry, guys, you're just too late. He actually says something far more tragic. I don't know you. See, it's not just some kind of transactional um, um, event that's taking place here. It's, it's relational. He says, you're a stranger to me. And what he's getting at here is that the real guests are the ones who are ready. That's, that's how you can tell 
who the real deal is. They're the ones who live ready. Those who aren't ready aren't the real guests, and so it's this relational door, ultimately, that's closed off to them. They weren't prepared, and now it's too late, and the place they most wanted to be, the place that they always assume and fully expected, of course, we're going to get into there, they find out it's closed off and shut down to them. Three very haunting phrases. First one, our lamps are going out. Second one, the door was shut. The third one, I do not know you. What that's getting at is this simple point that either we're ready or not. That is the singular point of this entire parable because the reality is that Jesus is returning and he shares this story for the very purpose, the sole purpose of letting us know in advance what we need to know about when he returns. Because to fill in the parts, he plays the part of the bridegroom. He's the one who is coming back to take us to be with him. And we don't know when that day is going to be. But we're the bridesmaids. And either we're wise bridesmaids or we're foolish. Either we're ready or we're not. But his sole purpose in sharing the story is to motivate us to prepare in advance. To, to be those wise bridesmaids. That, that means not blowing off the things that matter most because he wants to keep this tragic ending, the tragic ending of this story from becoming the tragic ending of our own stories. Because the reality is upon his return, there will be those who believe full well that they will still have time to prepare and to get ready. And yet what they'll find is that they've waited too long and the time has run out. So are you ready? Are you ready? I'll tell you a story about being ready a few years back. Uh, my son Jonathan, um, you know, he was uh, learning about the process of what it means to be ready. I would drop him off over at uh, Crane Road Field, the baseball field in Mayapak, and he and his friends, I dropped them off on the field because they were into baseball. And um, he would get out of the truck with his big giant duffel bag of about 50 balls. They'd have a couple of bats in their gloves. And be, they'd be out there for a couple of hours playing baseball on the field. But when I dropped him off, I would say, hey, here's the deal. I'm going to pick you up at 5 o'clock. Be ready for me to pick you up at 5 o'clock. Sure, Dad, no problem. So 5 o'clock comes. And I get to the field, and you know what I see, right? I have to tell you, yeah, baseballs all over the field, spread out, 50 of them scattered all over the place. And I'm like, Jay, didn't I tell you we're supposed to be ready? What happened? He says, oh, yeah, I'm ready. I just need to pick up the balls. <laughs> and I'm like, my man, mom has dinner on the table, and, uh, you know, we're supposed to eat. And so now this is messing everything up. And so I said, next time, next time, when I drop you off at that field, here's how it's going to go. Let me clarify so there'll be no mistaking. I am coming to pick you up at 5 o'clock. Five o'clock is not the time to start getting ready. 
At 5 p.m., the balls are already in the bag. At 5 p.m., you are off the field. At 5 p.m., you are going to be so ready for me to pick you up that I'm not even going to have to stop the car. I'm just going to slow the car down to three miles an hour. I'm going to pop open the door. You're going to jump in. And then you can shut the door and we're going to be on our way. That's, that's what ready looks like. I will tell you, he's doing much better these days. Um, but the point being, don't prepare for eternity that way. Because here's, here's what we need to understand. This is the point that Jesus is getting at, is that eternity has a way of sneaking up on us. We will not see it coming. And we're not going to get that advance notification. The end is coming in five minutes. The end is coming in ten minutes We've been notified. Even this morning, I got the, like the per- sometimes God allows the perfect, uh, the perfect illustrations. And, and so every morning on Sunday, you, if you're here early enough, you see there's a countdown clock here. Um, and the countdown clock just is a way of gathering everybody into this room out from the commons area so you know when service is going to start. And, uh, and it counts down from, I don't know if it's 10 minutes down, and uh, it counted down. And uh, at the end of that countdown, uh, PJ came up beside me. He was, you know, up here singing this morning, and he says, oh, wow, are we early? The, the countdown clock hasn't started yet. And I said, well, no, it already finished. <laughs> he says, oh, I better get up there, right? I said, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, these things have a way of sneaking up on us. So the message is clear. Don't put it off because when Jesus returns, time runs out. And the truth that this story confronts us with is everything doesn't magically somehow turn out okay. Right? Everyone doesn't end up somehow living happily ever after. That's uncomfortable. And to be honest, there's a part of me that doesn't particularly like that. And maybe if I were writing the story myself, I, I might be tempted to write it a little differently, but the truth is that it's not my story to write. So please... Don't assume that when the time comes, you're going to figure a way out. Please don't assume that there is all the time in the world to get in on the inside. The, the foolish bridesmaids lived with some wrong assumptions. And that's why they didn't take those steps of preparation seriously and the moment snuck up on them. They weren't ready and it cost them everything. So now is not too late because Jesus hasn't returned yet. And that's a beautiful thing. That means that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what your life has looked like, here's the beautiful message. It's not too late. Right now and today, there is no person here, there is no person you or I know who has gone too far to get right with God, who can't leave this room ready. 
Uh, it doesn't matter what you've been about up to this point. For everyone who has ears to hear, time's not up yet. It's not too late. And that's the best news that you could hear. Now is not too late, but too late will come too soon. And the point in time will arrive when time will run out. We don't know when that will be. No one knows. It, it may be the day that Jesus returns Or it may be the day when you breathe your last breath. And in the longest standing survey of human history, it's it's been shown that 10 out of every 10 people surveyed dies. Uh, We try to deny that reality, but the reality of our own mortality applies to every single one of us. None of us are guaranteed 30 years, 10 years, two weeks, tomorrow, not you, and not me. And before we know it, before we expect it, before we anticipate it, our time will run out and the end will come. So right now is not too late. Too late comes too soon. And that means that today is the day. Right now is the time to get right with God. And ready means responding in faith to Jesus, making him the Lord of your life, responding to what he's done, letting him take first place and living life and surrender to him. Jesus wants you to be there on the inside. He wants us to be with him. He's done everything that needed to be done for that to happen. He He left his home in heaven. He came here and paid that price. He gave everything to restore that relationship with God that sin had severed. And we respond simply by receiving him. It's it's an act of faith, of building our lives around him and letting him lead us. And so it's, as we often say here, it's not about us and what we do. It's about trusting in Jesus and what he's done and letting him lead our lives. And so this is, this is the message of the gospel. It's a message of grace. It's a message of love. It's a message of hope. And ultimately, it's a message that requires a response. And so I want to ask you, have you responded to that? That is, that is what makes you ready. Trusting personally in what Jesus did and who he is, that when he died on the cross, he died for me personally. And he did everything that had to be done, and he's the one who makes me ready. Uh, Not because of me and how good I am and all the good things that I've done here. God, am I ready because of all this? No, because of Jesus and his righteousness, his reign, his rule over our lives. Jesus promises that the life that is built on him is a life that's ready. And that starts with with a simple prayer that realization of who I am and the realization of of who he is and uh, the reality that he is eternal life. He doesn't just give it, he gives us himself because eternal life is found in him. And so today could be the day. Today could be the day of Jesus' return. It could happen this afternoon. It could happen this evening, it could happen overnight, it could happen tomorrow morning. It's what's called the imminent return of Christ. And that 
will either be a day of dread, but it's intended to be a day of delight. It's intended to be that day when faith becomes sight and we see our Savior and meet him place, face to face and he leads us to life glorious and everlasting. Let's pray together.